Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is December 28th, and our reading comes from Revelation chapter 19. Now, let me give you an overview again of the book, what we've learned so far. Chapter one is a description of Jesus. Chapter two and three is a message to the churches, the seven churches in Asia, modern day Turkey. Beginning in chapter four, we have the judgments, the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and then the bold judgments. These are all happening during the tribulation. Just before the tribulation, the church is taken out of the earth. The Lord returns in the air. The church is caught up to be with him in the air, and we go to be with the Lord. We're in heaven while the tribulation period is happening. During the tribulation, God is judging the earth. Halfway to the tr- through the tribulation, the Antichrist rises to power, declares himself to be God, tells the whole world, you've got to bow down and worship me. Then at the end of the tribulation period, Jesus is pouring out his final bowl judgment. And in that moment, God is returning. The nations are gathering to, to battle against Christ. Of course, he's going to defeat his enemies. So John is describing all of this, and he's going to continue that description here in chapter 19. Watch this. After this, I heard what sounded like a vast crowd in heaven shouting. So all of us in heaven, we're worshiping the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. His judgments are true and just. He has punished the great prostitute who corrupted the earth with her immorality. He has avenged the murder of his servants. Now remember, the prostitute's not a person. It's the whole world system of independence and rebellion, a rejection of God and his rule in our life. And that system has persecuted the church, killed believers before and even during the tribulation. Well, now they're celebrating in heaven because finally she's been brought to justice. Then he says, verse three, again, their voices rang out, praise the Lord. The smoke from that city ascends forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living beings fell down and worshiped God who was sitting on the throne. They cried, amen, praise the Lord. And from the throne came a voice that said, praise our God, all his servants, all who fear him from the least to the greatest. And then I heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean wave or the crash of loud thunder. I mean, they are worshiping with all their might and power and and passion because they're just called up in the glory of God, just worshiping the Lord. Praise the Lord. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to Him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. Now, throughout the scriptures, one of the primary metaphors that God uses to describe our relationship with him is that of a bride and bridegroom. So we are the bride of Christ. And here, John is saying there is 
the wedding supper of the Lamb, where we will celebrate our eternal union with Christ. Man, I cannot wait until that day. And really, this is a beautiful description of the kind of relationship God wants with each of us. You know, I've been married now for 26 years, and I love doing anything with Tina. Right, I love hanging out with Tina. I love watching TV with Tina. I love going on a walk with Tina. I love talking to Tina. I love listening to Tina. I love eating with Tina. I love traveling with Tina. I love vacation with Tina. I love working out with Tina. I love play with Tina. I mean, anything with Tina is awesome. Well, just imagine. Just imagine if that was a good description of your relationship with God. Or how about this? Just imagine if you believed God feels that way about you. Well, he does. And one of the things I love about Revelation 19 is he doesn't just say, I'm having a a banquet for my sons and daughters. No, I'm having a wedding celebration. He is celebrating our love relationship. Jesus is passionate about his relationship with you. And everything we do together is awesome. And that's what God's inviting us into. That's why we constantly talk about our responsibility as a church is to help you learn to be with Jesus. So you become like him and begin doing what he does On the earth. And what I love in Revelation 19 is that we are gathered in heaven and we are celebrating a wedding celebration because of what Jesus has done for us and all that that means for each one of us. He goes on. Let me read verse seven again. Let us be glad and rejoice. Let us give honor to Jesus for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and his bride. The church has prepared herself. She's been given the finest of pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. So we've been washed in the blood of Jesus. We are pure and clean in all of our good deeds. All of that is what Jesus is producing in us. Verse 9, And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Listen, you're invited. In fact, we've just come through the Christmas season. Jesus arrived for what purpose? To invite you to come to the wedding supper of the Lamb. I love when Jesus tells that parable. Somebody stood up one day in Jesus' presence and said, How great it'll be to be invited to a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus tells a parable. He said, I, I went out and I urged everybody to come. And, and some said, Well, I'm, I just bought oxen, I just bought a piece of land, I just got married. They all had excuses. And Jesus said to the servants, We'll go out and find anyone who will say yes to my invitation. I want my house to be full. So Jesus would say to you, All you've got to do is accept the invitation. He wants his house to be full. He's trying to build a great big family. He wants you to be a part of the celebration. The question is, will you just simply say yes 
to Jesus. Don't you love that? Verse 10, then I fell down at the angel's feet to worship him. He said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about the faith in Jesus. Worship only God for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. That's what prophecy is all about. Prophecy is not about me looking super spiritual or spiritually superior. Prophecy is about pointing people to the superiority of Jesus, right? Verse 11, then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was riding there. So now John is describing that final battle scene when Jesus comes out victorious. This is the second coming of Christ. Boy, the next time he comes, it is going to be in power and glory. Listen to this description. Then I saw heaven opened and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was Word of God. The armies of heaven dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. And from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. And on his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky, come, gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, strong warriors, and horses and their riders, and all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. And then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathering together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured. That's the Antichrist. And with him is false prophet who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who accepted the mark of the beast and who worshiped his statue. Both the beast and the false prophet are thrown alive into hell, into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. And the entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding on the horse from Jesus. And the vultures all gorged themselves on the dead body. See, describes that final battle when all the nations, all the kingdoms gather to challenge the Lord Jesus and he returns in power and in glory and he defeats his enemies and he establishes his millennial reign on the earth. Isn't that beautiful? Our God reigns. Jesus is victorious and he will come again one day soon. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Let me pray for you, Father. We just thank you so much for this passage. I'm so encouraged. I'm so overwhelmed that you have invited me to join you for the wedding supper of the Lamb. You've invited every person listening today. If they'll say yes to your invitation, one day we will be in heaven together with you celebrating our relationship, a great celebration, a glorious celebration. Lord, I can't wait until that day. And then, Lord, one day you will return to the earth. You will bring justice. You will make everything right and new and establish your millennial reign on the earth. I cannot wait to see that day.
And uh, Lord, between now and then, we love you and worship you. We want to follow you every day of our life. We want you to be king, to rule over our hearts. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that encourages you. Really appreciate you being with me again today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.